Hi everyone, welcome to part eight of this marriage covenant. You know, we've covered a good number of many things and we will continue to do so. And in part eight, we're going to look at the marriage garments. It's important for us to realize that there are two garments that the bride must have on. I think most of us are familiar with the garment of righteousness, but there is a fine linen garment of the righteous acts of the saints, those who are worshippers of spirit and truth. And that garment is a little less known to many. And if it is known, it tends to be only a mental understanding, uh, a verbal agreement, as opposed to a living conviction, a living revelation that the Holy Spirit has shown us. So we're going to unpack uh, these two garments over the next two weeks or next two sessions. And I pray uh, what is being shared is encouraging you, it's taking you deeper, it's asking questions of who you know and what you know, and you are seeking the reality of what is being prophesied through these 10-15 minute messages. And so in part 7 we looked at what it was to be a pure virgin, one that has never been with the world, one that has never had a covenantal friendship with the world. You know, in James, the Bible says those who are friends of the world are adulteresses. And the world is born in us and God wants to clean up the house and get the world out of us. And he wants to do such a work of transformation that we become clean on the inside, whole on the inside. And he brings us into a friendship, which is a covenantal partner with him. And so it says, do you not think that the scriptures speak to purpose? And the purpose of the scriptures primarily are to declare a covenantal relationship based on fellowship with God, a bridal marriage covenant. And it's essential we grasp this and understand these two garments. Um, and so we're going to look at that as we go forward. It's also important to realize that the second garment is not automatic. It's not something you get because you say you're a Christian or you pray a prayer. It is different to the garment of righteousness, which we'll look at in a minute. And so because it's not automatic, it's something that we have to work out through the power of the Holy Spirit, through divine grace. And that's an essential point. So the first garment to understand that the bride wears is the garment of righteousness. And we can find this in Isaiah 61 verse 10. It's going to read this out. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I think many of us in the body of Christ are familiar with the garment of righteousness. Christ puts his garment on us, and so when the Father looks at us, he sees us as whole, he sees us as clean, he sees us as pure, he sees the Son in us who is taken away the nature and the power of sin that enables us to live lives of freedom. It enables us through revelation to know that we are accepted. We're no longer rejected. 
and no one can take that away from us. So we don't struggle with being rejected anymore because we know that we are fully accepted. We have this garment of righteousness on through the power of revelation and enables us to live free from the nature and the power of sin that so easily entangles us. What a beautiful thing that God has given us. And I think once again, we can just think this is the only garment that the bride has on, but there's not, there's two garments that she has to have on. And having an intellectual understanding of even the first garment won't change you. And certainly having an intellectual understanding of the second garment won't have you wearing and having this garment given to you. And the second garment is the garment of righteous acts. And we look in the book of Revelation to find this garment. Revelation 19, 7-8 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. That's one of the things we're going to look at. What does it mean to be made ready? Listen, it was given to her. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Works that have been done by faith, that have been inspired, uh, uh, enabled and empowered by the Spirit himself. And we've been faithful and obedient to live out those works. So there are three key questions that I want to unpack for us in relation to the second garment that we're going to look at one of them now and two in the next part. These questions are, and the first one is, what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to be ready spiritually and living this life out here on earth? The second question is, what are these righteous acts of the saints which represent the fine linen garment? And the third is, what do these righteous acts, the fine linen garment, have to do with being ready? And so those three questions define one reality for us. So let's tackle the first question in this part and then the second questions in part nine. So what does it mean to be ready? Well, in the natural, a bride will start making herself ready from the day that she is asked to be a bride. Sometimes girls, women dream as young girls about the day they would get married. And so maybe intellectually in their mind and their heart, they start preparing from a young age, maybe not. But when their groom or their fiance asks them to get married, the wedding preparation starts. The organizing starts, the intentionality starts, the ordering of flowers, uh, the sorting of food, the sorting of alcohol, the venue, the music. All those things are a physical typology uh, of a spiritual reality that we are to be getting made ready for the return of our Messiah. We are to be extremely specific. It's not casual. Someone doesn't organize a casual wedding. Everything is uh, paid for. Everything is costed out. There's real focus and there's real intention given to a physical marriage. And that's to be exactly the same 
in the spirit. The bride and groom want their day to be perfect. They want it to run smoothly without any hiccups. And as I said, this is a physical typology. It's a foreshadowing of what it means to be getting ready uh, in the spirit. And the process of getting ready in the spirit is called sanctification. It's where you're sanctified uh, in the spirit or by the spirit and faith in the truth. And the scripture in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14 says this, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and faith in the truth. Let me say that again. God has chosen you and I from the beginning before the foundations of the earth for salvation through sanctification by spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this he called you through our gospel, though you may gain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Powerful. The scriptures clearly define for us what the purpose of God has been from the beginning before the foundations of the earth. That you and I would be completely saved, completely prepared in our hearts, going from being of the world and a friend of the world to a covenant partner of God, a pure virgin, one that has been made ready, one that was with the world, one that is no longer in or of the world, getting ready for the one who is pure, the one who is whole. Jesus wants to marry a spotless, blameless bride. And so the bride is making herself ready. As we looked at this pure virgin reality, she becomes as if she's never been with the world. And the bride who is ready has lived her life in accordance to the Father's truth and has fulfilled the will of the Father. She eagerly awaits with confidence, knowing that she's going to receive this crown of righteousness because she was made ready. She obeyed the Father's commands through being a worshipper of spirit and truth. She allowed the Father to do what the Father can only do on the inside. And so we need to understand being the bride of Christ is not an automatic thing. We must become her. And only those who are ready will actually be the bride and will enter in. And we see this in Matthew 25. But I want to leave you with this passage about being ready. <coughs> Excuse me, from Timothy, which is 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Those who are waiting for the Lord are getting ready. They'll be found ready. They'll have both garments on when the Lord returns, and they'll be given this fine linen garment for the lives they have lived by faith and obedience to God, all empowered through divine grace. So be encouraged. I hope this speaks to another dimension for you of how essential it is that we understand through revelation and grasp the reality 
of this marriage covenant that God has made with us as his people. It's not a casual thing. Just like our earthly uh, marriages we focus on in the wedding day, it's to be exactly the same with great more intensity in the spirit. So we'll see you soon. If you have any questions, fire them through. Outside of that, we'll see you for part nine.